0: Radio presents the rad Probcast. Get it? It's a podcast hosted by a guy named Rob. So it's a Probcast. Very clever. And now, here's your host, a guy named Rob. My guest on this episode of the Probcast is once again my wife, Christina. Hello, wife.
1: Hello, husband. Hey, y'all. Do I, do
0: I get to um at least uh, uh, acknowledge that I'm proud you have your very first official out of law school job.
1: Yeah, you can be... You Wait, are you asking, can you be proud? Or well, can you announce? Because I think you already did both.
0: Yeah, that part.
1: Yes. Well,
0: isn't that pretty impressive?
1: I'm glad, yeah. I'm happy about it. Yeah. Because a lot of people but ask I now, because
0: to... you you because you have to wait now until February for the bar, right? So between now and then, you have already gotten an offer that you've accepted from a law firm.
1: That's correct.
0: To be a non-lawyer lawyer.
1: Yes, like I, am I'm, practi- I'm not going to be practicing as someone's attorney. I'm doing all the uh, basically, I'm doing all the work, getting zero credit.
0: <laughs> and you got that fantastic job of doing all the work and getting no credit by doing what we lay people would call was an internship, but you guys call it an externship, but either way they saw how incredible you are and that's why they made you an offer.
1: Correct. Which is
0: where the pride comes in oh, for me. thank you babes. Also, for those that are watching the Probcast, because this means nothing if you're listening, this mm-hmm. is also your first Probcast in your braids.
1: Oh, my braids, which yeah, has, have, I forgot have these received, were still a new thing.
0: Well, they received rave reviews on Instagram. 100% everybody loves them. And you've even blinged them out a little bit for this episode. I put
1: little barrette thingies in them. I can't find them, but whatever. you, you mean you can't them. find them? No, I can't find them with my hands. And oh. if I do... oh, there's one. Yeah, I put little, little blingy barrettes. Because I'm wearing brown. I'm brown too. <laughs> but I'm wearing. <laughs> it's
0: very important we paint the picture for those that aren't watching.
1: But I'm wearing a lighter color, like a neutral brown. And I feel like I looked a little dull. So I just figured I'd put a little, little shiny things to distract everyone in the video or everyone watching the video. There's only two people in the video.
0: So, uh, <laughs> as we continue to make this painful to listen to, if you're not watching, <laughs> I actually intentionally had one or two more visual things. Now the good news about this great is great radio. Well, that's the good news. I've been doing this for
1: uh, three decades. Oh, man.
0: So, I know how to describe things for the people that are only listening but not watching, I hope. Okay. Because uh, there's been an ongoing storyline over the fact that I have this gorgeous scar on my right hand, hmm. which we talked about on the Rad Radio Show. Hmm. And we actually have an opportunity because we record this in our living room. There was a family room. Yes. Okay.
1: Well, this, yeah, but it's... Yeah, well, we got, we, got we a discussed this in one of the probcasts, yeah, but I don't I remember what we came consistent. up with. I'm trying to think we're, it's a living because we live in here.
0: Right, sure. That's fine. Yeah, um. Um, and and <laughs> we are actually sitting at Ground Zero where the incident that caused the scar occurred. Yes. So the scar ultimately did wind up getting stitches at the behest of my wife, although the super glue <sighs> did its job. And my doctor said it would heal fine, but but it would take many weeks and not look very good. But by getting stitches, it took only ten days, and it looks like a scar. And I'm told chicks dig scars, so cool, huh? Oh, I
1: don't need any chicks to dig anything. Well,
0: I was pointing at you like I'll you're my dig chick. Something else. okay that would dig. Oh yeah, my you're,
1: no, I'm scar. I'm an, yes. Your scar is great. It's beautiful. He's a great stitcher.
0: Oh yeah, that was the first thing you said when I came home after getting stitches that yeah. night when we had to change our dressing. You're like, oh wow, he's it, very good. He
1: is, yes. But um, I'm still annoyed that you waited till the next day, but that's fine, it's fine.
0: So anyways, a quick reenactment of how I got this scar on my right hand, on the top of my right hand, about an inch from the base of my thumb. It occurred while Christina was at the said intern externship Mm -hmm. um, towards the end of my evening while I was sitting on our sofa and I was playing fetch with our dogs on our sofa because we play house fetch with them. Now, here's the visual part that I'm gonna show for those that are watching. For those of you that are listening, you're not gonna hear much for a moment unless my wife happens to do play by play because what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna show (laughs) the camera my scar which is about, what, um, half an inch long.
1: I think that's a full inch.
0: Oh, well. Isn't an inch like that, your... That's why you love me then.
1: Oh,
0: gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm going to actually also show the, the underside of the sofa and explain after I show it what actually caused this whole thing to happen. So... Uh,
1: okay, what? well, sir, please be careful when you're explaining, meaning demonstrating for those watching the video. Don't do it again.
0: It can't possibly happen. I can't
1: go through all this. There's a lot of electric stuff in front of me that I can't bump, and I can't rescue you. I'm not
0: going to put my hand where the injury occurred. Okay. I mean, I am, but not in the way that it did. Okay,
1: see. Go ahead. We'll see. So, what I'm going to do... i be ready to sacrifice my foot.
0: What I'm going to do, and I hope my wife is going to use the broadcasting skills that she's learned from me, to do a little play-by-play as I do it. I'm going to get up... Get and up. I'm going to lift up my my sofa, which I'll explain what my sofa means after I sit back down. Okay. And and we're going to we're going to show and explain the very thing that caused the gash into my hand. Okay. And then I'm going to sit back down. That's the plan. Got it?
1: I got it, but I feel there's a lot of pressure. I'm nervous. Okay. That okay, okay, get up carefully. Okay. Ah, the microphones are moving. It's that thing. The micro. So if I sound funny, it's because Rob just tilted the whole couch up. For those of you listening um, on the app, and oh, there's the uh, what is that? The scar that's so beautifully <laughs> stitched up and now skin is healed over it. I don't know that
0: they're listening on the app, by the way.
1: The app or on SoundCloud or on all the various ways that you can listen. Wait, what's... Oh, I thought this was my microphone, so I was moving it.
0: Why would your microphone not be pointing at you?
1: <laughs> no, because I was... I don't, it was closest to me. So, right. anyway.
0: So, what I did was I show that uh, I have a reclining sofa. <laughs> we have a reclining sofa, but I'm sitting. I'm sitting in my seat. So, I had the leg rest up. When the leg rest is up, and I, what I did was I lifted it up and I showed that, of course, there's mechanisms.
1: Yes, yeah, so it's a, it's electric. You said right. Did yeah. You t- okay. So yes, it, there's metal pieces, and some of them are some of them are dull, like a, a dull rounded pieces, and some of them have a little bit of a, a sharpness where if you were to touch it, you're not going to get cut. But what well, happened? So here's uh. the problem:
0: we have a sectional yes. that likes to come. Unsectioned.
1: It's a killer sectional. Yeah. It,
0: we've learned to hate our sectional sofa mm-hmm. because it disconnects constantly. So instead of it being one giant solidified sofa, it becomes the only reason that I was able to just lift up the piece of the sofa that I'm sitting on is because it's disconnected again. Yep. And so I lifted up the seat that I'm sitting in and the, what is this? The console. The, the, where you put
1: your cups and you open the, the thing to a, put yeah. the remotes inside. It's
0: like a center console. A yeah,
1: cup. center console.
0: And that is disconnected from where Christina's sitting, which is what the situation was on the night in question. And I was taking a ball mm-hmm. and I was throwing it to the dogs and they were going to fetch it over by the front door and then they would run back. Well, I threw it to Maestro, the German shepherd, and he ran back. I had my footrest up and he dropped the ball and it rolled under my footrest. So I leaned forward to grab the ball, which was on the right side of my footrest. Well, as I leaned forward, because it's not connected to the sectional, the weight of me leaning forward caused it to lean forward.
1: Think of a seesaw. Just envision a seesaw.
0: And so as my hand went under my footrest to grab oh my the ball, God. and I leaned forward, the seesaw uh. went down, and stabbed the top of my right hand, to which I said, ow.
1: And <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that's all you said. That is, you've heard the recording. <laughs> yes, I'm so flabbergasted, but go ahead. I And, and so
0: <laughs> I, I grabbed the ball, and then I pulled it out from under the footrest, and my hand was covered in blood, and I think the next thing I said was, "Oh, that's not good." You
1: said, "Oh, okay, okay, okay. That that's tissue. Okay, <laughs> okay, or that's that's scar." T- you said something like, "That's tissue. Okay," and you just kept going. All right, so. First things first, <laughs> I hear him go into the bathroom. Right. So, and, and first of all, staring.
0: Christina knows all this because she went and played back our video cameras mm-hmm. that pick up audio that are in the home. We don't have a video camera focused on this room, but right. we do have one close enough that you got the audio. Mm-hmm. And so you heard me then walk to the nearest bathroom, which is where I began running water on it and trying to immediately stop mm. the bleeding. Cause I, I was thinking this looks really bad.
1: Yeah, you did. You said that you said, "Oh, that's bad." Okay, and then you then you said, "That's tissue," mm-hmm.
0: right? <laughs> oh, because God. it was deep enough. It
1: it looked yeah. like it, it looked like ground beef. I could see the ground beef under your skin. Like I could see what. Drum- okay, well, but it's also where that pressure, like if you think of your hand, where that pressure point between your pointer and your thumb is that fatty area, which I don't think that's fat. It's more like tissue.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I was know. more concerned or, about a nerve. Muscle
1: or, yeah. or a tendon, it, worse. Yeah, so yeah. I'm... He sends... Go ahead. You... Go ahead. What? I didn't want to... I didn't know the order of the story. Well, no, so
0: I I, I rinsed it off and I grabbed... Uh, uh, we have uh, napkins, like fancy napkins in our guest bathroom They're here. They're
1: called guest napkins. Whatever, Dom. To dry your hands so you don't have to use paper towels or a gross reusable <laughs> towel.
0: So I use those to apply pressure <laughs> and... I was actually surprised that it wasn't continuing to gush. And I was like, Oh, okay, this is good. I don't have to figure out a way to get to the emergency room. I can handle this. So I applied the pressure. I walked to the other end of our, our house where the laundry room is. And that's where we, our utility room, whatever we keep the crazy glue and also the band-aids. And I was able to continue to apply pressure while grabbing the crazy glue and opening a band-aid to the point where I was able to, pull back the napkin tissue towel, well, apply the crazy glue, and immediately get a Band-Aid oh, on there, and oh. and and you have to, it's a real. it's actually, I described that incorrectly there at the end, you have to wait the exact amount of time for the crazy glue to set so that when you put the oh, Band-Aid on, you don't crazy gosh. glue the Band-Aid onto your hand. Didn't
1: burn no. when you, what? No. It didn't burn because no. when you put the crazy glue in there? No. I don't know oh. if
0: at that point some for, sort of hand shock had set in. I'm not sure.
1: Oh, but no, gosh. it didn't at all. I was
0: just thrilled mm. that I had I had triaged the situation to the point where if I was going to have to wind up getting stitches, I didn't have to do it that night. Because this is like a weeknight
1: but that's at
0: what, 6 ger- or 6.30.
1: Germs come into play. Yeah, germs come
0: into play. I would had a tetanus shot. I'm fine. Everything's fine. As oh. evidenced by the fact that I'm here. So. That's my attempt at recreating the situation with some visual help. If you're actually watching, yeah, the prop cast. Oh, well,
1: yeah, and but you the what you left out so conveniently was that I'm working at the firm this whole time, and you send me and I have hours left on like until I come home. This is
0: the mistake I made. and you
1: send me a picture of the post crazy glue, which I think probably made it look worse, and I'm like what and you're like i'm I'm gonna go to bed oh like, what what do you mean you're gonna go to bed no you're gonna get in the car and you're gonna go to the emergency room and get stitches and i so yeah which as okay there's and, a story and, right no so you tortured me for hours but it's fine i'm glad you're fine and i'm glad you're a man and i it was it was actually a bit of a turn on hearing you just like not even freak out and had i been here i would have made things worse so i'm glad the powers that be
0: all true. Made things and, and my point was, I never even should have texted you that it happened. I should have waited until the next morning because I knew I was gonna have to reevaluate it the next morning. And when I did evaluate the next morning, despite your nagging notes that I needed to get stitches, I had already come to that conclusion in the morning when I woke up, like, yeah, I need to go see my doctor. This okay. doesn't look, but, but. I should have just not sent you any of the pictures because it created all of that anxiety, and I understand why. Because it was, had I gone to the emergency room, there would have been no show the next morning. It was already like six thirty. You get to the emergency room. I got to go through COVID testing. Blah blah blah. Oh,
1: you have to do that just to get stitches. Yes, you
0: have to do that to walk into the damn hospital.
1: Okay, well, I mean, it was a lose lose on that end because I would have no. been annoyed if you didn't Actually, show me. It was a win win.
0: I did it, so you know.
1: You did everything right, but whoa, well, whoa! I'm sorry, well, what? What? Okay. <clears throat> Next topic.
0: Okay, next topic is the last visual, I promise. <laughs> so so as we sit here in our sofa, I just wanna take my glass and I'm gonna put it in our cup holder. Oh my gosh. And I wanna know why when I put my glass in the cup holder, it doesn't fit straight, it leans. Because it used to be that when I put my glass in our cup holder in the sofa, <sighs> it would just sit there perfectly. And now no glass or cup that we have fits in our cup holder and that seems like it's wrong and I know there's been a change and I was wondering if you could explain yourself
1: I thought well okay there was there, I, I don't know what happened d- 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 to d- d- the other the original cup holders that came with the couch I think like I took them out to wash them, and then one of the dogs like bit into one or something you're blaming
0: the dogs well
1: hold on there was a chewed part where it was like there was like a dog bite in it like someone had grabbed it and thought it was a toy. And so, ow. And so. Uh, ow, what? Sorry, my bracelet caught onto my braid and pulled my hair.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Sorry. Sorry.
0: You were blaming the dogs, I believe. <laughs> I
1: was blaming the, you invited me here. I was blaming the dogs because of the hole. And so I just kept getting tired of it because it was ugly. And so I, got, I went on Amazon. I, I even measured these damn cup holders, but Amazon didn't Did tell you. me. Did yes, you know? I remember I had you measure it, too. And the Amazon didn't tell me that it had like a beveled bottom where it's just it's not flat. So it's, we can't use the cup holders. OK,
0: that's a fair enough explanation. My follow up question to that is that was weeks ago. Why do we still have this issue?
1: Because I don't trust buying any cup holders anymore. And I'm trying to I thought I kept the old ones and I don't know where they are. Oops. OK, so
0: the main reason that I'll I on that. What'd you say? I invited you here.
1: You invited to me. To our
0: home and our family. I'm the room. talent. Living room, sorry.
1: You're treating your talent a little bit subpar, sir.
0: Was because we've actually had this is where the kind of like, I hope not, but potentially the fun gets sucked out of this broadcast. Mm. But we've had a lot of people actually write in and ask for your input on this, which is Afghanistan. Mm. And we had Eddie from NorCal Gunfault come on the rad radio show as a guy who served 20 years. But as he said, he was never in Afghanistan. Doesn't mean he doesn't have opinions and feelings and emotions. Right, of course. But it's different. Well, it may or may not be different because the truth of the matter is, as we record this, you and I haven't really talked about this. No. Just because of our schedules, mainly. And I've only heard you make a couple passing comments. So I don't know how you're feeling about Afghanistan in general, but a lot of people did write in, even before Eddie was on, and then afterwards they were like, Rob, Christina was there. What does she think? And so I wanted to to give us a chance without, because a lot of people are like, well, bring her on to the rad show, and without us talking about it, I'm like, I ain't going to do that to my wife, so why not just talk about it on the broadcast where we have a lot more control and ability. We're in our home, it's comfortable, blah, blah, blah. So the way I thought... If you don't mind that we would do this, is is we'll start with you did you're no longer in the army.
1: Nope. You did okay. twelve years. Mm-hmm.
0: And you spent a year in Afghanistan. Yep. And we have mentioned on the the air before you were you're an interrogator.
1: Yeah, I was.
0: Um, so let's start with we're we are as we record this, the United States is in the process of leaving Afghanistan entirely. Before we get to how that's being done and what's happening, um, There are some people that when the withdrawal began, there are some veterans who who have served in Afghanistan. And there's no shortage of them who have been going on cable TV and and social media who are saying it was a waste. My I, I served for nothing. Why did we do this? Why did I see my friends die? Why did I see people lose limbs? Why did I lose limbs? Is that fair? Is that how you feel? Did you waste that? Was that a wasted year?
1: Um, I think I'm still on the fence on how would I think about that. Uh, I don't no year, no time in general to me is a waste. That's how I just how I see it. It makes who you are, all that. But when it comes to the extreme sacrifices that a lot of soldiers made, a lot of people in the military made, um, contractors as well, just anyone who went over there for the cause, it it is jarring to me that, a lot of people are going to have lifelong effects of that and it it,
0: a lot of people US military soldiers or you mean a lot of people like also the Afghanis and everything else or Uh,
1: the Afghans so no I'm not talking about the Afghans but I'm sure they Afghanis are currency but it's a common mistake Um, but I'm talking right now I'm not I'm not just I'm not trying to put anything down about the, the locals in Afghanistan I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from them, especially the innocent ones that, I mean, their country's been at war forever. Right now, I'm just exclusively talking about those that went over um, for the cause on the U.S. side. Uh, I, I, and I struggle to say that it was a waste just because we learned a lot. We lost a lot, though, and a lot of people lost everything. They lost family members. Soldiers lost their lives. And I, sorry, I keep saying soldiers. I was Army, so we say soldiers. All U.S. forces, anyone who, who, who died in combat, gave the ultimate sacrifice. And I can only imagine what their family feels like when they, when they see these things, when they see that uh, what's going on right now.
0: So I'm doing this from memory, but I know I'm close. Give or take 3,500 died, but... 20,000 were maimed, or I forget the other term, for not just losing limbs, but injured to the point where they're on disability for the rest. Right. Which, not to discount the 3,500, but those are 20,000 ish people whose lives were irrevocably changed. And the argument that I've heard made by those who say it was a waste was things like, you know, why did I give up my leg? Why did I lose my leg? because essentially we are now, Afghanistan now is exactly the same as it was when we went there 20 years ago. Exactly. The Taliban is back in charge. We already know that this Taliban is not a new Taliban, which was their marketing technique for about 48 hours. We already know that that's not true. Um, so we had, actually, let's just start there. That's That's the, been the big Arguing point is that What did we do now There's some counter arguments to that you've already Brought up some another was well There hasn't been a major terrorist attack Certainly not on the level of 9-11 For 20 years so we We delayed or Prevented that eventually we'll Have to get to talking about well yeah but does that just Mean another one's inevitable but I mean I found it Really difficult to Swallow the idea that you or anyone else Wasted that time that it was service for nothing but I'm I'm a civilian I have no I have no concept
1: yeah and I mean and it's such a, a double edged sword because even so for those soldiers for, for those that are saying that it was a waste it a lot of people died remained, were maimed, were horrible things happened because people were protecting their brothers and sisters in arms and that's not a waste Trying to protect your brothers and sisters in arms, but then the other edge of the sword is we wouldn't be in this situation if we had. I, I don't actually. I can't say that. I can't, I can't say we wouldn't be in this situation if it was completely thought through and we weren't. In some ways, as everyone has a tendency to be arrogant with uh, what we thought we could do, what we what we our, our intentions were, and the power we had over that over Afghanistan. Um, <sighs> What about so that? I, so that's why I, I just can't come to a conclusion. I'm still I purposely stayed away from it just because I, I I'm not ready. Not that I'm not ready to process the feelings. I don't really. It, it, to me, right now, it's go is going to take me to a place I don't want to be.
0: No, and I, I I really appreciate you doing this because oh, yeah, of I've genuinely noticed that you've been avoiding it, and even when I allude to it or it's on the TV because I have to watch it for. My job, yeah. uh, I notice you either avoid it or you don't comment much. Um, but what about that, what you just alluded to there, what the, the mission in general from the beginning, we were attacked on 9-11, Al-Qaeda was allowed to train in Afghanistan at will, even though 15 of the 19 hijackers were from Saudi Arabia, they had joined Al-Qaeda. They were training in Afghanistan. So we need to go to Afghanistan to destroy it as a haven for terrorists.
1: To destroy the the key leaders. I mean, that, that was the purpose. Right. That, that was the battle plan. <laughs> I mean, and, or, yeah.
0: But and then it became, oh, now wow. we're going to try to do what multiple empires throughout history have never been able to do. Most recently, the Soviet Union. We're going to try to nation build a country that has never been susceptible to that or willing to do that for a variety of reasons. And it is is that where this falls apart for you like around two thousand two or three, where we go, oh yeah, we're gonna stick around and we're gonna build all these schools and all these highways. and we're gonna show them that democracy works, even though no one has ever been is that the arrogance or was that yes. was that a good idea? Yeah,
1: I mean it was I, I don't know if it was a good idea. I, I that's above my pay grade. Uh, but That's I, such a great
0: military <laughs> expression. I love that. <laughs> it
1: really is. But um, I, m- my thought process, and I, like I said, this is above my pay grade. It's probably above my level of thinking, too. I, I'm not I'm not so arrogant to think that it's not.
0: But, boy, but are you the, arrogant at times, let me tell you. It's just being
1: married to you. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know me. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so the arrogance to me is exactly what you said going into this country having this I wouldn't say well okay let's just speak in broad terms so I can stop giving disclaimers having this complete resistance to our presence um, this complete uh, resistance to our our trying to tell a country you need look at us we're great we're trying to tell you we're trying to show you what we have we're trying to we want you to do how we're doing it. And I'll even, um, I'll lower it down or make, break it down to the point of like a, an experience that a lot of people probably have. Your parents, they, do, they go through life, they raise you, and th- when you are an adult in their position and you're making decisions that they may find questionable because they didn't do it that way, they're thinking, oh, no, 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 you have to do it the way I did it for it to, to work. I'm not saying that Afghanistan got their shit together. Obviously not. <laughs> Obviously not. But the arrogance is that we thought we, we could just go in there and be like, hey, y'all, we're here. Let's go ahead. Y'all assimilate to us versus you, us. I mean, we're not going to assimilate to them, but you know what I mean. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Does it make sense? Okay, because I feel like I'm talking in circles because I have not sat down with myself to think about this topic.
0: No, but I think that, that that rawness is what is most compelling about this. Because the truth of the matter is, from talking to you, you actually enjoyed your time in Afghanistan.
1: I did. I enjoyed the learning experience and just the experience in general because by the nature of my job, I had to immerse myself into um, their culture in one way, shape, or form. Not it, it just to. I had to learn how to get close to quote-unquote close, to the person sitting in front of me that wanted to kill me and my brothers and sisters in arms just a day ago when they were captured.
0: Well, and, you, and what, what what I've heard you, what I've taken away from talking to you is that you have a real F affinity for the culture. I mean, you've told me some pretty impressive stories about the people and the culture, and I you get pretty... I don't know if defensive is the word, but maybe protective when people speak in broad strokes about the people of Afghanistan.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from my work with like a lot of the interpreters, because I had obviously I don't speak the language, so I had to use an interpreter in my line of work. And in my line of work, just to continue on what I was what I was mentioning, it's. A very uh, intimate setting where I'm sitting this close, if not closer, and we're probably we probably have our hands in the same like meal that we're sharing together while we're talking.
0: Is there? And, are you armed? Is there someone no, armed in the room? No, I'm in there.
1: I'm in there. No, there there are MPs outside of it. Outside where it's like a whatever. I guess do they have a, a see
0: through mirror. Do, do they? Are they watching? I mean, what if he just starts there, choking there are, you,
1: there are ways to see things. Okay, there are ways to see. So, I'm sitting there. I'm completely vulnerable, and I mean, most people. If you're even if you're not watching the video version of this, you know I'm not a large woman. I'm not like a. I'm not this big. Strong. I'm strong, but you know what I mean. I'm small, and it's, it looks easy to take me over. <laughs> so. um having an interpreter there they're like they're your teammate and they teach you a lot because they they see and hear everything you're doing and they they talk to you outside of it and say hey well here's how the culture works in this way or that way and don't have me quote anything because it's been a while and my brain's just whatever today so
0: there's three people in the room you the interpreter and the person being interrogated i'm
1: speaking to yes yes and so you develop that bond with your interpreters where it's like i trust you they trust me Um, I know a lot of people will have things to say otherwise I understand the ones that I worked with they taught me a lot and they made sure because of the nature of my job that I was aware of these things so that I could kind of I could understand because once you understand something it's easier to use it to your advantage.
0: So not all interrogations are putting people under a hot lamp and or going to the most extreme examples of waterboarding or something less than that. It's actually, as you describe it, getting closer to the person and gaining their trust. Is that what we're doing? Yes. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I would say ninety-five percent of all of my interrogations and I did hundreds of them were they because I ninety-five percent of my successful ones, and I have had hundreds of them, there's arrogance, <laughs> <laughs> came from me gaining their trust, and them just wanting to sit and talk with me. Whether it's because I'm, I'm on the fringe, because I'm, I'm this I'm a black woman in Afghanistan, they're, they're not used to that, and whatever. I, Did I that make it you advan- more and, or
0: less ac- uh, acceptable because your skin is darker? Or is that a completely ignorant question?
1: In my, in my experience, it, I don't know about this, if it was because my skin was darker, I think there's just not a lot of black people. There's not black people in Afghanistan. Uh, by the norm, but
0: but they are it, all people of color by our definition, yeah, by, by an American definition. So my my question was, and that's why I asked if it was ignorant. Did they view you more friendly because oh hey she looks a little bit more like my hue? I don't think it was that. None of that's playing into yeah, it. Yeah, I
1: don't think so. I, 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 I'm I, not in their head, but I don't think so. But what I, was, what I would say is 95% of the successful interrogations that I experienced and I did were from them trusting me because I treated them like a human being. I wanted to get to know them because, spoiler alert, I get to know you. You tell me more secrets. You tell me more things about you, and I can use it against you, and you won't even know it. So it's these little things, like if you've ever manipulated a friend, you can be an interrogator. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's the nature of the way that it worked for me, I guess.
0: And quick reminder, those of you listening and watching, I'm married to that. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> did, did you, other than the obvious setting, which you're trained for, did you ever have, without necessarily describing it, a, a really scary incident, a moment in those in what you're describing that became
1: yeah i i've had um, a couple one is i can look back now and laugh laugh about it because it was ju- it in the moment i I'll just tell the story but i can look back and laugh now but i had this very very large detainee the per, uh, person i'm speaking to very he was extremely tall um, just huge. NFL like,
0: big. Oh, so like people we know, like Don's husband, Gary, or our friend Tony, bigger?
1: Tony. Tony, Tony. And, so a, six, and a little four, bit bigger. 6'4", like, 300,
0: t- maybe 6'6". Six, six. Big, okay. big guy. NFL linebacker, like you said. Okay.
1: And, um. Beard? Yes. All that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole look. Okay. The whole, th- yeah, everything. Sheesh. um, And, and you're 5'4", 6"? I'm five five on a good day.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: so, he he loved chatting with me, or this person loved chatting with me, and we I would we would sit and we would have a meal together and we just talk. To for his not to his knowledge we just talk, and um, he started developing feelings for me, or he he started saying he was having these dreams or whatever that we were getting married or something, like, whatever I. am Go with it. Um, so I'm just like, oh, okay, well, that's I, you always still want to set those boundaries because you're like, okay, that's not what's happening here. Just make sure you know. Um, but one day he just he was overcome by his feelings, and so he grabs me by the back of the neck, and uh, we're sitting. Mind you, we're sitting down on like these puffs, these little puffs, like it's a comfortable little like pillows, era, right? pillow, Yeah, pillow yeah. puffs, and. Um, he grabs by the, by my, by the back of my neck, like he's going to kiss me. And he pulls me towards him and lays one on my cheek. <laughs> and the interpreter that was there with me, he was like, uh, no, no, no. But he wasn't going to, he, he's not going to put himself in danger. But I was just like, yeah, you can't do that. And then I just kind of got up and I left because at this point I'm seeing red because no one came to my rescue. Right. The MPs didn't post, storm That in. is your job. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so you're not you're not seeing red at the guy you're interrogating. You're no. seeing red because your backup ain't back in. Yeah, up. I'm
1: like, what? You guys, what happened there? Um, so I just I take a break and and I yell at a couple people that should have been yelled at, and then we it never happened again. But there were some close calls. I mean, we had people breaking out of things, throwing metal chairs and just people get mad. I mean, it's a, it's an angry situation, but I knew my strengths and weaknesses and I wasn't going to go in there and try and act all like gruff and tough because that's not my, that's not my strength. That's not how I get what I want.
0: So you've alluded to a couple of things that, that can't be ignored, your interpreter. This, this is one of the big stories that's been developing over the last week is getting out the people that helped America and the extent to which we have or haven't gotten them out because they're viewed now as traitors or co-conspirators with America. We know that the Taliban in many cases has already hunted them down or done horrible things to their family. We also know that America has gotten tens of thousands of them out over. I mean, again, this has been a 20 year war and we have brought tens of thousands of them to America under the guise of you helped us but now that we are ending this there is this angst over America is the country that leaves no one behind including those who help us so what what is the response the emotional reaction whatever that you have of the idea that maybe I don't know if you know where your interpreter is but your interpreter or anyone else who wants to get out not being gotten out by America.
1: So um, most of the interpreter, most if not all, don't quote me on this, but I'm almost positive that the interpreters that I was using for my job because of the high sensitivity of it uh, um, security wise, were US citizens but they were from so they had gotten their citizenship or in the process something of that sort don't quote me on that but there was some tie to okay we we're not just we someone can't just apply from you know outside the gate which is off the fob for people that um if, i don't know if that's that's commonly used term outside the gate okay never i know. don't think so all right well someone can't just be like, hey, I wanna come be an interpreter and there's a heavy vetting process and I believe for my position specifically, so if people red pin me, whatever, sorry, but they had to have some sort of tie to the United States, whether it was citizenship or not. Um, But my, my reaction to just the general idea of some interpreters that did help us or just anyone, any natives that helped us and they were left behind is that that's really tricky because you never know, I mean, a lot of times people are doing things just to support their families. Um, you don't, there's what we call green on blue attacks, where um, at the time, like the Afghan National Army, if, if they were to turn on a U.S. soldier, but were working together at the time, things like, like that's green on blue. That's a green on blue crime. We get, we get notifications all the time. Oh, there's a green on blue incident things like that where it's like you you it's hard to know if if they do come here is it going to be are are they going to want to be here or you know what i mean are they still on our team but i'm not saying that for all interpreters at all in any way shape or form i'm saying it's a very very hard situation that i am lucky that i don't have to make a decision on so
0: it's not as simple as the black and white you help
1: does come over. A
0: lot of people are making it sound like, and I, I know a lot of people be. are doing it for political reasons to uh, to bring down the current administration. If we take them out of it, there are also a lot of, for example, veterans who would be of the political party of the current president, Democrats, who are saying. We need to bring back everyone who was an interpreter who helped us. But you're saying, even in that case, take the politics out of it. It's still, There's still a gray area. It's not that it's, simple.
1: It's so great. It's so great. Like, I I don't even. I could argue both sides of it. Um, but I just. You agree, though, <laughs> with the no premise w-
0: that America leaves no one behind that wants to be brought back, that wants to be rescued.
1: I we, agree that in a perfect world, that that's what we would abide by, and that would be. Our our, ma, our our mo here, yeah.
0: Do you you were stationed at Bagram? Mm-hmm. Um, you, I know you've avoided the news. Are you aware that we surrendered Bagram? Basically, gave it up.
1: I'm aware. I I we were the last group at the specific fob at within Bagram. What is that? that what I, is
0: a fob? I use that to get into forward my building. Operating base. What
1: forward operating base? I know,
0: but most people don't know that. So,
1: oh, okay, sorry. It's just where. The, like, it's where we sleep, work. do Right. Work. Yeah. So, um, um, or unless you go outside the gate.
0: So as America prepared to leave Afghanistan in mid to late August, they turned Bagram over to the Afghan National Army, who quickly folded and lost the base, yeah. um, which a lot of people now are Monday morning quarterbacking, saying, what the hell was that plan? Bagram was secure, it was bigger than the Kabul International Airport, why in the world would we give that up? Why wouldn't that be the last place that we left? Do Mm. you, and there's and again, I'm basing all these questions off what I'm seeing, people that were, and who served in Afghanistan that are complaining. That seems to me, as a guy that doesn't know anything I'm talking about, like, yeah, why why didn't we do that? Why didn't we hold Bagram until the very end? Does that seem right to you? But it's
1: above my pay grade.
0: Does it bother you?
1: mean,
0: mm. you live there for a year does it bother you or are you like eh that's part of serving or do you not want to talk about it
1: I mean it's, it's part of serving I guess mm-hmm. we, I don't make the decisions and most of us don't make the decisions and it's yeah
0: that's part of the tough part isn't it is that you have to carry out the orders you're given no matter mm-hmm. how much you agree or disagree with them yeah which is one of the things I'm hearing these, these last 72 hours while we're recording this is it doesn't matter in the end how much somebody on the ground knows how stupid the order is. You got to do it.
1: Uh, well, obviously, if it's, as long as it's lawful. Right. Um, but it, it makes a lot of people that serve feel like a pawn and um uh, underappreciated just expendable that's that's what it is and I think that's what a lot of people are feeling right now they're they're feeling like we were all just like pennies spent and when I say we I'm take I'm actually taking myself out of it those that paid the ultimate price those that are paying the price today still even not even just physically mentally uh, I know that I'm one of those people where I'm like Come on, let's let's get back here and let's assimilate back to like real world life. Okay, well, I had a I had a job where I I had the privilege of doing that. I where I could come home and I could do that. And even people in my in my MOS or in the in supporting roles, in my MOS, they they don't have that privilege. I and I know I've I've talked tough and everything, but this has kind of put it into a new perspective for me. It's it's really. I think a lot of people are feeling really, really underappreciated. They feel used. Um, family members probably feel like, you you took the most important thing away from me for something that you don't even have. You Look at it, it wasn't even important to you, but you thought that my my son, my father, my husband, my wife, my daughter, whatever, was my mom, my dad was worth was one of the many that were worth this, what I'm looking at right now, this chaos, this freaking chaos. And so I think that's the anger that a lot of people are feeling. And I just, I hurt so much for the families because it sucks. And that's the understatement of the century. It sucks.
0: So one of the things I've said through this process is the the Taliban takeover And all of the chaos that's being wrought on the Afghan citizens, that was inevitable from the moment we, in May of 2020, under the Trump administration, negotiated with the Taliban that we were leaving. What wasn't inevitable, in my opinion, this is what I've said, is the way in which it has unfolded. In other words, the minute America was gone... And, and that was the plan under the Trump administration. We're leaving. We're not leaving anyone behind in terms of we're not leaving a force at all. Hmm. The minute every soldier from America was gone, the Taliban was going to take the country over, lickety split, and they were going to begin to retorture citizens that they wanted to torture. That part was inevitable. What wasn't was what we have been living since mid-August when we gave up Bagram, literally ceding any type of leverage that we had and allowed the Taliban to take over while we're still there, trying to get literally hundreds of thousands of citizens and foreign nationals that helped us. The, what are they? SVIs, I think they're called. Um, strategic visa. I forget what that... I, 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 I'm having a brain fart on that one. But those would be like the interpreters and things like that. Yeah. So we've got 5,000 troops trying to get 250,000 total people out of the country with no base and none of that part needed to happen which i think is this, again this is all my opinion this is what's infuriating so many of us is we knew leaving was going to cause the women and and girls of Afghanistan to go back to the stone ages those of us who pay attention we knew the Taliban was going to take over we knew that men al qaeda was going to be back in in Afghanistan but we didn't know that we were going to start losing dozens of American soldiers because of the stupid chaotic way we left that seems to be what's really rubbing a a lot of us the wrong way
1: yeah from the way you're explaining it it sounds very careless and again above my pay grade why those decisions were made I don't know um but it looks to people that are angry and even people that aren't angry, it, it it appears careless and it just feeds into that, okay, well, we're all expendable um, theory, which is very it's disheartening.
0: There's this overwhelming, on both all political sides, Democrat, Republican, Independent, overwhelming majority of people say, we need to be out of Afghanistan. Hmm. Does that it, it does that then? Is this just a never-ending thing? Is this just part of America's always at risk? It's always a target, and now Afghanistan's going to become what it was—a haven for terrorists—and we just all need to sit around and wait for the next nine eleven. This isn't a military question; it's a you as a citizen question. Is this just what it is?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I feel like that's kind of where we're at: protect ourselves and just do our best to not let another 911 happen and which that's
0: intelligence community stuff, right? It is. Yeah. Do you one of the things I've thought of watching the coverage was when you see Taliban spokespeople um, people that identify by name or or they're just on camera because one of the things the Taliban did as they marched from Kandahar into Kabul was they they released all the prisoners. All the prisoners that had been put in jail by the United States, the Afghan army, they released them all. And I wonder, how would you react if you saw a face that you interrogated?
1: Hmm. Oh, I thought about that. You have or haven't? I have. uh, mm. (laughs) You don't know until you feel it? How would I feel? How would I feel? Would you recognize them? I would recognize many of them. Yes, I would recognize many, 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 many of them because it's not like you meet with them once. A the lot of the, I've I've had several of them where I met with them from the first day I got in the booth to the day we said okay, well we're not we're not doing these anymore because the it was part of the beginning stage of the handover. Um,
0: you, ha- you hand them over then to somebody else? No,
1: no, the beginning stages of us shutting down and, and handing over oh. the facility I was working in. Um, if I saw someone that I spoke to, <laughs> and I treated all of them very well, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if they would recognize me. Well, you know what? That's so stupid to say, because I was a the person they saw pretty much every day And so, well, no, but how I don't know how I would feel because
0: the way I view it is I mean, they this Mm. is what they do, they're committed to this. They've waited 20 years to for now, yeah. And so, I think like what I think to myself is okay, because you were there in 2013,
1: 13, 14. Okay, Mm -hmm.
0: so that's only eight years ago. So, the individuals that you were interrogating could very well now be part of the leadership. So yeah. yeah, my my reaction isn't how would they feel if they saw you. My reaction is if you saw them and went. Oh, my God. He's the second in charge of Taliban now.
1: Oh, I thought you meant if I saw them on the street. No, I was thinking like they like they're delivering our FedEx <laughs> or I saw them at this grocery no, store. No, OK, I mean, that's why I was so jarred Oh, if you I see s- him
0: on TV oh. right now tonight and they're speaking Ooh. for the Taliban or or the guy behind the leader of the Taliban, mm-hmm. his second lieutenant. You're oh. like, oh, God, I used to eat oh. with that guy. I,
1: I wouldn't be surprised at all. I would say, oh, OK.
0: And you wouldn't mm-hmm. be upset. Met you him before. Back to how we began, you wouldn't be like, "Well, that was a waste of my time." This guy's now um, in charge of mutilating people.
1: I don't. Th- uh, I think I've already kind of taken that thought out of my head with the minute I left, and because, like I said, we I was in the be- I was there during the beginning stages of us handing over the specific facility that I was working in, and so that meant we were getting rid of our stuff and everything, and then we're we're literally just saying, "Okay." It's like we're moving out
0: this is where you're, we the united states is handing over control to the afghan national because
1: we, spe- we specifically we and I when i say we i'm, I'm not going to identify where i was work where on Bok, or the facility i was working at most service members if they have been to afghanistan they already know um when we hit that little bubble that bubble because we were a, like we were an outpost OK, so that little bubble when we handed that facility over, like it, like we hand over our house. That's what I'm saying. So that that was a, a minor thing. I mean, it was a minor, but it was a, a minor situation again above my pay grade, did what I was told, whatever. Um, but when we were doing that, it's like, OK, well. We're done here and we're passing it on to them. And we don't know what's going to happen. Whatever happens, happens. Whatever happens, happens. And Because that time frame
0: does coincide with the larger operational change of the United States no longer became, I forget what the exact term is, we were no longer the primary military force. Right. 2014, somewhere in 2014 is when the United States was no longer technically. Yes. Whatever. Not at war because we never declare war because we don't do that anymore because, you know, constitution doesn't matter. But. The last seven years, we've been in an advisory role. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that timeline all fits in to, to that understanding without talking about your specific um, job. So if you were still in the Army, there's no reason to believe you would be part of what, what has been happening the last few weeks. Or is there?
1: I don't think so. I, like, like, would I be deployed? Yeah. Um
0: specifically related to Afghanistan
1: i don't I mean that 's hard to say without saying too much
0: no I understand but because because it, it that was one of the first thoughts I had as your husband was thank god she 's not active, yeah because I, she could, and if it wasn 't because of this, every event creates another Possible opportunity where you would be deployed, whether it was Afghanistan or because of the uncertainty that this situation creates, you're needed elsewhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think the, the broad answer is you always need intel. Where, when we're, wherever you are, wherever we are, we always need intel. Excuse me. Uh, hopefully I didn't come through. Um, Your burp? I had a little bit of a throat burp. <laughs> <laughs> it's for my tea. But... <laughs> We always need intel, and even though I was, I went there on an interrogation mission, and my role is an interrogator, or my MOS was interrogator, human human um, intelligence collector. Excuse me, sorry, brains farting. I've already went into civilian mode. <laughs> there are a lot of other facets of the job that don't involve interrogations that I could easily see people would be over there for. Yes, Intel's always. Good. You have to have Intel to know how to move, right? You need a, You need mm-hmm. the brain. Not saying that people outside of the Intel are the brain. I'm just using the analogy. I don't want fellow grunts out there to be getting mad at me.
0: You know,
1: full respect. I, as you full respect.
0: know, <laughs> no matter what the subject or topic is, no matter what we say or how we say it, somebody's going to get upset at what we're talking about. Yeah, but it is what it um, is. So you're going to continue to avoid this what the whole just the, the, like involving yourself oh. in the news
1: no i'm not gonna avoid it completely. this this
0: news because i that sounded like oh i just avoid the news no, i mean no, about no. this story
1: i'm not gonna completely avoid it um i don't want to go through with a fine tooth comb but i do have an interest in it but i just i i feel like i'm self-aware enough to know that Right now, I'm just, it would just really drag me down. And there are things coming up that are boring, not m- mention worthy, that I just need to be mentally on point for. And I feel like that would really occupy me, occupy my brain. You know, how obsessive I get with like figuring things out here, there, whatever, putting oh. all the pieces together. Oh, do I? <laughs> and so I, I'm kind of lim- I'm cutting myself off a little bit. Um, and even just talking this through with you and, embarrassingly getting choked up i didn't realize how how affected i'm not affected like oh i'm i'm so affected but i'm i didn't realize how how many emotions were behind the topic in general on my end
0: yeah and i'm not surprised just because of what i alluded to the stories you've told and the experiences you had there so i really do appreciate you doing this of course so um thank you babes we're going to end on that melancholy note i don't know
1: these are usually more fun
0: well yeah i mean but you know the topic and all. we had fun in the beginning and i cut my hand open and all that remember Uh, the good times yeah right good times hello in the cup holder that you still unfixed and all that okay next time no seriousness bye bye y'all did you enjoy this episode of the rad podcast Send an email to rad at radradio.com. A new episode of the Probcast premieres anytime Rob feels like doing one.